I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 85 of the Canterbite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Same. Yeah, we just spent half an hour trying to get Zencaster to work. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. First, like, we weren't seeing each other. For those who don't have, like, Zencaster, it's just like a browser-based... And it connect and it does the VoIP call, and generally, like you get a little room and you see both people in it. We couldn't see each other in it, and then I could see Brittany, but could not hear her. And yeah, so we're starting off the show in a hole. Basically, I'm already annoyed. Same, and, and now it is my job to annoy you less. Which <laughs> <laughs> also, Brittany's not allowed to move. Because she can't get her mic stand to work, so she has to hold her mic. Which what means... A f- what a fucking day. <laughs> Just try not to, like, move the mic cord. That generally makes sound. Okay. I have to stand very still. <laughs> Which is the best way to have a nice, fun conversation. Yeah. This is how we're going to talk in person at Celebration. Just very still. We cannot move. <laughs> Um, how's your week been? It's been good. Work fucking sucked. I had to work overtime because uh, someone went on vacation. So I had to cover and I was annoyed and stressed for like a whole week. But then my weekend's been good. It was Carlos and I's uh, one year anniversary yesterday. Aw. Yeah. So he took me out to a nice fancy steakhouse. And now today I'm taking him to a nice fancy Disney steakhouse. Ooh, exciting. What'd you have? I had a uh, filet mignon and a uh, lobster tail. Nice. Yeah. And then we got a side of crab cakes, mashed potatoes, and uh, Brussels sprouts with uh, bacon in them. And I, oh, I forget God, what yeah. else. It was that the good. best. It was so good. I know. So now I'm just like, okay, like I just went to the best steakhouse, except it was really funny because like, you know, usually like when you make a reservation, like you, they ask you like if you're, what you're celebrating and Carlos put down that we're celebrating our one year anniversary. So like our waiter, he's like so sweet. He gives us like a complimentary um, champagne 
And then he talks to us. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, like how many years have you guys been to or what, what year is this? I'm like, oh, it's year one. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember my wife and I's first year of marriage. So th- these people thought we were married. Well, yeah, that would be the like if I put down one year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. that that is like I think the automatic assumption. Yeah. And we look like we're I look like I'm like 12. No. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But then like they're asking, do like, do we have kids or anything or they're I don't know. I just I felt bad. I mean, like it was really nice, like great service, great, amazing food, best food I've ever had. But. Yeah, it was just funny that they thought we were married. But now since I had this great food at the steakhouse, now for some reason, like I take food very seriously to the point where as soon as I booked the reservation for the Steakhouse 55 at the Disneyland Hotel, I'm like, shit, now I need to get really good food to match the good food I just had the other night. So now I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck am I going to order? What is this place called? Steakhouse 55. Have you been there before? I have not. My sister has been there before, and she said the filet mignon is amazing. And not that I don't trust her judgment, but the steakhouse that I went to last night or two nights ago was literally like the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. I would say don't order the same thing you just had, because if it's not as good, then it's going to be disappointing. But if you get something like completely different, so it's not necessarily like a head-to-head competition of the two, you know? Yeah, I was thinking because I think that I'm going to get the, either the prime rib or the salmon, but the portion size of the salmon looked kind of small, but we're also going to get a, get a couple sides because um, I heard that the, they have really good lobster macaroni and cheese. Oh, that sounds good. So I know. So we might get that. I do prime rib. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I would say either do prime rib or do the the pork rib chop yeah i think carlos was gonna get that i'm not sure but we were both like looking at pictures because like i don't i don't know like i just want to have good food like i'm on a diet too so it's like if i want to cheat i want to make it count i want to make it count. Ooh, actually i would get the exactly. lamb chops because lamb is one of my favorite things to eat really little adorable baba lambs so so tasty <laughs> i saw you had salmon for dinner last night I had salmon for dinner last night. I did it with um, a like a garlic, ginger, scallion, soy sauce thing. It's what I did through like one of those boxed, you know, they send you the ingredients and the recipe. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but the night before that, I had che- beer cheese dip with lobster. Ooh, how was that? Oh my god, it was so good. So I went to see Us, the new Jordan Peele movie. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Alamo Draft House, which, you know, they do they do dinner and drinks like at, at your seats. And they had a special, I don't even remember what movie it was for, but because they do do like special theme menus with some of the movies. And the one they had this time had this like cheese dip. Like a, it's like served in a in a one of those little mini cast iron skillets. So super hot. And it had corn and some, just a little bit of pepper and beer and then just big chunks of lobster on top. And it came with some toasted baguette slices. Ooh, that sounds amazing. It was so good. I had that and a frozen margarita and I was pretty fucking happy. I love me a good frozen margarita. 
I do too. I like, look, I know they're trashy and stupid, but they're fucking tasty as hell. I know there's this uh, bar at downtown Disney where Carlos and I get because they have like different flavors of margarita. We just mix them like we always get the mango and strawberry mixed and it's so good. Oh, man, that does sound good. Mm-hmm. I'll so I'll show you pics tonight. We're going tonight. We're I feel like this weekend has turned into our like our anniversary weekend. It's so extra, but I love it because we're just we're going to steakhouses. We're going to Disney. It's a lot. <laughs> you went to see Shazam, right? I did. I went to the Fandango early release thing last night. And how was it? It was good. I mean, like, it wasn't like I want to see this again. Good, but it was it was good. It was a good time. I thought it was pretty funny. I liked everyone. There wasn't. I mean, there was one character that I could have punched in the face, but <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Zach, yeah, Zachary Levi. He's he's fucking funny. I think that's his name. I think so. I don't like him. Oh, really? You'll you'll I- like him in this. I, f- I don't know. He's one of those guys. Like, I don't think he's bad. You know those guys you just like, I just don't like that guy. Yeah. I he's that it. guy. Hmm. I mean, maybe because I thought that show was annoying. I guess. I mean, I only remember him because I think he played Flynn Ryder in uh, Tangled. So that's what I think of That him. sounds right. Yeah, when I, I see that him. that Chuck show. Yeah, I heard, I think Araj was talking about Chuck. I never saw Chuck, so I wouldn't know. It's not very good. Yeah. No, that movie, like, I saw the trailers of that movie, and it's not that I think it looks bad. It's just one of those where you go, oh, that's just not for me. It's just, I'm not who that audience is. For Shazam? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. Like, the first trailer was really shitty, and the second one was good. And then, I don't know, like, I had a good time. Yeah, it's what I just, like... I would watch it on streaming. I'm not going to like pay 20 bucks to go see it. Yeah. I don't blame you, but yeah, I don't know. I recommend it. I recommend it if, you know, you've had a bad day, you want to see something that will lift your spirits, like go watch Shazam, you know, like have a nice (laughs) night out, you know, even though yesterday was a good day for me. You know, I spent all day yesterday cleaning out Carlos's fridge. He was helping me too. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. Good old couple activities. I know. I have transformed his life because you know how dudes, you know, dudes can be like really messy and like dirty, like some, and like I've, I've introduced Carlos to certain cleaning supplies and organization and it's made me more organized and I do laundry so much more now. I do laundry like two to three, like one to two times a week now. And I get excited to do it. <laughs> and it's really weird. Sorry, I got distracted looking at the menu for that Disney steakhouse. And they have mm-hmm. an appetizer, which is cider braised pork belly. And it sounds really fucking good. Ooh, I'll have to look at that too. It's butternut squash puree, persimmon, and pickled mushrooms. Ooh. God damn. Okay, I got to still go in the menu. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep looking at the menu. I want to yeah. make the best decision, and I feel like you will help me. Out of all people, I know that you will help me the most. 
well, I saw, like I said, I saw Us. And if you want a movie that is not uplifting and will not make you feel good, but is goddamn scary as fuck, go see Us. Hmm. It's so, I'm, okay. I, I'm just 100, do that. I'm 100% in on Jordan Peele. Between, between this and Get Out. Oh no, and did I lose like, you? Oh no. Wait, I hear you. Okay. Yeah. I was just saying between between this and Get Out and the upcoming Twilight Zone, I'm just I'm I'm going to watch whatever this guy does. But he's changing the game. His stuff is so smart and genuinely scary. But also because you know he's from a comedic background, so you get the really funny scenes that are like this great tension cutter which makes the scarier stuff even more scary he works with really good actors this movie is creepy as hell and i i gotta say i when i saw the trailer for this movie i thought this trailer shows way too much of this movie and it turns out it totally doesn't Hmm. like pretty much that trailer is i would say maybe Everything is from maybe even like the first half hour of the movie. Definitely Hmm. all from the first half. And it's awesome. Like, you know, this has been like selling out like crazy. It made 70 mil, which is like something almost like twice as much as they projected. So I saw it like sold out theater Friday night. Crowd was super into it. That's good. I Even, always love yeah. seeing movies yeah. with crowds that are really into it. Well, I think especially horror, that's good. Mm-hmm. And even even the the young actors in this are good. Normally, like child actors, I'm very wary of. But there there's a young teen girl, and I'm not sure how old the boy is. Um, but they're both super good. Oh. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you enjoyed this movie, even though it was probably a scary as fuck. It was really intense. There were a couple times when, like, I was definitely just like cursing under my breath. <laughs> oh man, I know. I want to see it mostly because everyone always says that Carlos is like really afraid of like really scary movies. Like he barely could get through it, and. I just, even though like I am not really great with these kind of movies, like I just, I just want to see it to see both of us squirm, see both yeah. of us just be like, ah! well, this but. is the kind of horror that I like because it's like it's really tense and creepy, and there is some violence, but it's not, you know, it's not torture porn, it's not Saw or Hostile or one of those where the violence is the scare. Yeah, I can't do torture porn. I think that's my least favorite thing about scary movies is that. Because I get scared a little easily and like gore and everything kind of like realistic gore. If it's like fake ass, like this could never happen gore, like I'm not as scared. But something as like that could actually happen or something that looks like very realistic like that, I'm booking it. I just, I don't know. I just find that genre really boring. 
Like when it's just mm-hmm. like super elaborate traps that hurt people, I'm like, you're not you're not actually telling a story. Hmm. But no. Anyway, see us if you like horror. This is a really good one. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Food. Movies that aren't Star Wars. Um should we talk about Star Wars? Yeah, I don't want to get the bad first and then get into the good. Okay, what's the bad? Um, Probably stuff he said he didn't want to talk about. I just, I'm done talking about Celebration for right now. Okay, I, I agree. Look, if you're not going to Celebration, then you're, like, you might want to hear about Celebration after Celebration when you hear about, like, the cool news and stuff, but I can't imagine that you care about how the panels are going to work or how lines are going to work or anything like that. And I'm so stressed about it at this point that I just, I don't want to deal with it. And also everybody all the time is talking about it. And I just, I'm done. I'm done too. And I'm done getting shamed because of how I would have preferred my panel waiting or whatever. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, do I think that you can't rely entirely on overnight lines because you need to make accommodations for families and people who aren't, like, physically able to wait in line overnight? Absolutely. That's why I think it should be partial lottery. But I do think if, you know, you're willing to wait in line overnight to see a panel, then yeah, you go see a panel. I don't. Yeah, I don't see, like it being entirely lottery. Yeah, see a panel and don't go on Twitter and bitch at everyone who would have preferred it that way rather than the way that they're doing it now. Because that makes me feel shittier when I feel like I'm being selfish because of what I wanted to do. Yeah, like stop, stop lecturing me over a fucking preference when you obviously have a preference as well. Like, it's fine. Like, if you're happy that it's all lottery, that's great. But not everybody is. I liked, like, yeah, not like I'm going to be camping out online every night. But that shit's fun. And I want to know, like, okay, I'm going to go to this panel because we're in line, you know, 12, you know, 13 hours before it happens or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I'm just bummed out because the part of celebration I was really looking forward to is not going to happen anymore. And I feel like right now, or I feel like when I first found this out, it ruined my excitement for a celebration. But I'm dramatic. So obviously, like, I'm still excited, but I'm disappointed. And I am allowed to be disappointed. If you're telling me I'm not allowed to be disappointed, fuck you. Well, yeah, because, like, those lines, and I haven't done it at celebration because I've been to celebration, but lines like that are a bonding experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Just as much as like when I when the fucking episode one came out and I camped out line all day in front of the rinky dink theater. Like just with yeah. a bunch of other Star Wars fans. Like that's part of the experience. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm I don't like when people are condescending assholes. Con- condescending assholes. Yeah. And like I totally understand where 
some people are coming from where it's like they're excited because, you know, they have families or disabilities or, you know, they're not able to actually wait over line. Like, I understand that. And I'm not disrespecting that. And the fact that people say that the people that wanted this are, that's not okay with me. That makes me angry. And that makes me because usually I'm very like apologetic about my feelings or anything. I'm not apologetic about this. When you're making me feel like shit because of something that I wanted that shouldn't make me feel like shit, then that's stupid. Yeah. Like, and <clears throat> there were just, there were certain people on Twitter and y- you know who I'm talking about because we're not going to name names on here. Yeah. But who were very like luxury about it. Like, here's why this is the right way to do it. And you should feel like this is the right way. And you can't complain or be disappointed about anything ever. Like people have a right to be disappointed about this. Yeah. I don't want people to fansplain about why I should or shouldn't feel a certain way. Like, let me feel a certain way. And, you know, like, you can try to help me feel better, but don't tell me what I should be feeling. Yeah. Like, you can explain why you think it's good, but then that's the end of it. You don't get to tell me why I'm wrong for the things that I'm unhappy about. Yeah. I don't know. Because the day I found all of this out, I was so stressed, I couldn't sleep, like, the whole day. I just, I had such a shitty day. Like some stuff happened, just it was just one of those where just something happens and then just like everything, you know, like the dominoes go down. (sighs) But I don't know. I mean, like, I'm still excited. I'm excited to see you and everything. I'm just I'm really disappointed about this. And I don't want my disappointment over this to overshadow my excitement for this convention. Yeah. And it's not like I think like it's not going to be fun anymore, but there is this fun thing part of it that I was looking forward to that that's no longer going to happen. I mean, we can just stay up 24 hours in Echo Base. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, I know. I think I saw a steel tweet about something that he rented out a garage that we all can stay at. (laughs) Uh, At least I still have my fucking Disney convention that I can do that at. There you go. Yeah, I don't know, though, because, you know, I heard so many people talking about the overnight experience and how, you know, it was such a great bond experience. Like Carlos always talks about how wonderful it is, even though he hated having to stay up and how he would have been okay if like right before the panel, they would have been like, you know what? There's nothing. Go home. (laughs) He would have still been okay with that because of, you know, the great experience that he had with everyone and and everything. And I want to experience that. Steel Saunders walking around doing blog pods and yeah I don't know and then like half of the people still haven't received their badges yet and I don't want to go too much into it because I understand you know the hard work it must take to organize conventions and make everything safe and make everything fair but when more than half of people that have that bought their passes have already gotten them when i bought my pass literally 12 o'clock noon in june and i still haven't had my pass that's an issue it's two weeks before the fucking con like i like the fact that i don't have my badge yet is very annoying to me 
Yeah. And I hate complaining about these kind of things too because I feel like that, can I speak to your manager person? And like, I don't like to feel like that, you know? I like to give everything the benefit of a doubt. But when I see that something is like fucked up but no one else is talking about it, that's when I'm just like, I don't know. Like it just, like the bad thing just gives me like really bad anxiety. Yeah, same. I mean, I... I should be excited that I'm going on a week vacation in a place I've never been before. But no, I'm sitting here stressed because I want to go to a panel that I probably can't go to because of a lottery system and my luck is shit. And even if it is, even if my luck is good and I get into this panel, like some people aren't. Like I can get into this and Rusty couldn't. Yeah. And that's the one person who I went to see episode nine footage, Mandalorian footage with the most is my brother. And the fact that I probably can't do that makes me so sad (sighs) but i don't know i didn't know that i i knew it made me mad but talking about it like it sucks but i mean i hate that you know luck can go both ways we could get into this panel or we couldn't and i don't want to be that person that gets into the panel and just is like oh my god yay like forget the stress that i had like a couple weeks ago no i'm gonna be mad because even though i got into the panel i was still stressing about it yeah like you shouldn't have to be stressed to go to i don't know but i should only stress about the things i can't control and i can't control this so i should stop and that's what my mom always tells me and i should finally listen to my mother but it's me and i overthink everything so the next two weeks or 12 days i don't know Next 12 days are going to be fun. And then I have a bachelorette party that ne- that weekend before celebration. So I have to think about that. I have a lot on my plate. A lot of fun stuff, though. At least it's not like something like serious. I just have to, you know, help do everything. My best friend's getting married, so. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. I know she's getting married on a Thursday. Oh, weird. <laughs> I know that's what that's what Carlos said. He's like, "Who gets married on a Thursday?" Oh no, I still have to get my bridesmaids dress though. It's in June, June thirteenth, I think. I don't know what month of the year would you oh, get married? I have no fucking idea. Okay, let's say you and Mendo have been together for a couple uh-huh. years, and he finally asks you the question uh-huh. will you help me build a death star i mean i definitely would where would you celebrate this accomplishment and what time of the year would you celebrate this pairing of building the death star together i don't want to celebrate. i want to go to the courthouse and have my death star building certificate Okay, that's fair. I like that. And then we'll go celebrate the building of the Death Star, like, in my parents' backyard. Do they have a nice backyard? I mean, it's a fine backyard. But I would want to be home. Hmm. That's nice. I like that. I'd want to do that, too. Nice backyard celebration. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we got all of the negative feelings out of our way. 
so we can move on to happier and more uplifting topics. Yeah, so John Favreau posted a photo on Instagram and it is it was like hashtag Mandalorian and it is Taika Waititi in a voiceover studio and the screen that he's looking at is a picture of well IG-88 or some IG-88 type droid so hmm. I mean maybe Taika's voicing IG-88 Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Or he's voicing a IG-88, like, droid, yeah. which is also cool. Not, yeah. But I like the helmet that's in the picture. Yeah, there's this cool... It's like the front is gold, and then there's, like, red all around it. Hmm. What I'm happy about The Mandalorian is that it's not going to be, hopefully, CGI. Because you know how... Jango Fett's armor and how Jango Fett basically was CGI in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. We're not probably going to get that in The Mandalorian, which I think that'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Like things that look real, like you could actually touch them. Yeah. But I fucking love Taika, and so him voicing anything, I'm happy for. That's good. How's your cold? I still have a cough and I still have some sinus stuff, but I don't know if the sinus stuff is still a cold or if I have transitioned into spring allergies. Yeah, I had sinus stuff too for a while. I think it finally went away this weekend. So that's good. Just a little coffee. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have some Mandalorian footage. I am excited about that. I just want to know what the show is. Me too. I mean, we've heard obviously like rumors about like what the show is about, but I like being in the dark about this. I like not knowing so that when I see the trailer or whatever footage that they decide to put out or a picture, I'm going to be surprised. Yeah. I just want to, I want to get a feel for like the vibe of the show. And also I want a release date. Hmm. Me too. <sighs> so, oh my god! I wonder if I if I wonder if he's what? gonna okay if he's let's say he's voicing IG idiot or whoever he's voicing he's voicing droid number one. So I wonder if he's using like his regular voice, and if we're gonna have like. N- New Zealand IG-88. What if all IG droids sounded just <laughs> like men from New Zealand? <laughs> Scrolls are Australian. IG droids are Kiwis. Oh, that's what they call them? Kiwis? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Dude, we're going to see episode 9 footage soon. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, isn't it? It is. It 
it's a little bittersweet, but will I cry? Maybe because everyone else around me will be. But I don't know. Especially with the Mandalorian stuff, too. And the Clone Wars. Emily, we're getting more Clone Wars. Oh, boy. You should come to the panel. I, I told Corey that I would pay to go to the panel just to sit next to him and just see his reactions. <laughs> uh, I love I love that sweet, sweet Clone Wars boy. <clears throat> all these panels, all these events, the steel show. Gosh, it sold out, right? Yeah. It'll be fun. I owe you seven beers for the amount of times I've annoyed you on the <laughs> podcast. Okay. Yes. Um. Let's see. Let's see what else came out. Oh, we got some news for the Galaxy's Edge tie-in book that Delilah Dawson has written, uh, Black Spire. Our uh, release date is August twenty seventh. And they put out the synopsis, and that is, In Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, the story begins with General Leia Organa and her top spy, Vi Marathi. After devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower. And Vi may have just found all three on an excluded world at the edge of the excluded world at Galaxy's Edge, a planet of lush forests, precarious mountains and towering petrified trees. Batu is on the furthest possible frontier of the galactic map, the last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. <clears throat> the rogue smugglers and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. V, a resistant spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest, and when a shuttle full of stormtroopers lands in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, V will have to integrate herself into a world that redefines scum and villainy. With the help of a treacherous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts and mitfists and embarks on a mission to spark the fire and resistance on Batu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's one I'll probably pick up. I mean, I'm most likely just get it from the library, but. Yeah. Oh, um, I started the Padney novel a little oh, while ago. Oh, how is it? Good so far. I think I'm only on chapter like three or four, but I got the the kindle version and then i also had like a free audible so i thought oh, i might as well but then i remember that katherine Tabor does the voicing and I'm, I'm not too sure how i feel about her to be honest but because i was never really a big fan of her voicing padme i prefer natalie portman's voicing of padme and also the woman who voiced padme in the Clone Wars series that was from 2002 to 2005. I think it was 2003, 2005, never mind. But I don't know. It's good. I really like it. I just haven't found time to finish it yet because I know I was talking to Amanda Ward about it and she was like, oh, let me know when 
when you finish it and I feel bad because I want to talk to her about it but I also want to actually finish it <laughs> yeah, probably actually finish it first yeah but I'm, I'm glad that Padme is finally getting a novel because I've heard nothing but good things about it so yeah that's cool yeah hmm. I think it's cool too that we're getting books about theme park or places in theme parks i don't know i kind of like it because you know i feel like the parks will add some aspects from like the books too so someone walking around could be like this was in the novel i think that's cute you know for those people who read the books and everything i probably won't to be honest but i appreciate it i appreciate that's here so yeah i had i had mixed feelings on the phasma novel like, there's some parts of it I really liked and some parts of it that were not great. And that's the same writer here. So, we'll see. Mm. We shall see. Speaking of writing. Okay. So, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. this next news that we have on the show notes genuinely confused me. Okay. Yeah. So, Chris writes, who wrote one of the drafts of the script for Rogue One, was on a podcast. It was on, wait, not maybe not on a podcast. It was on a cult popture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was just an interview he did. And he said that. Because they were talking about the end of Rogue One, where everybody dies. And he said, the version prior didn't have everyone die. As a matter of fact, it ended with a wedding. I think it was on the presumption that Disney wouldn't allow the characters to die with such abandon. Now, we know Gary Wood has talked about when he was first developing, like, breaking down the script. He didn't think Disney would let him kill everybody off. Mm-hmm. And so that came about. that came about later. But a wedding? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, what the (laughs) fuck? I mean, we already had a wedding in Star Wars. Like, that's that's enough, I think. I mean, look, even, okay, let's say even if I'm I'm assuming Cassian and Jin. Yeah. But even if you ship those two, a wedding is still a ridiculous ending. I mean, maybe it wasn't that, like, and and those characters might have been very different. But regardless, they still would have, like, met, like, at the beginning of that movie. There's no scenario in my head that I can make work with that ending. Who would want this? I don't know. Like, even if you wanted happy ending, like, even if you didn't want it to end with everybody dying, a wedding? I don't know, man. These script writers for Star Wars are interesting. Like, I don't 
It's so weird. I have nothing to say about it. Like I have nothing witty. I have I have nothing witty. I have nothing funny. Like I just um I'm dumbfounded. Like the fuck? Who would who who would want this? Like I, maybe fuck. I don't know. I mean, Rogue One was fine as it is. I mean, if they did if they did decide to did not kill everyone, I think it would not make sense because you don't see any of these people in the other movies, you know, so it makes sense to kill them all because Oh yeah, it's easy to be like, yeah, they sacrificed their lives to uh, the rebellion. Yeah, that's easy. Oh no, but they got married, but also they died. Like that'd be really shitty if like they were still wedding and they all still died. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I it's one of those things I desperately want to know more about. Like uh, my and it never happened in a million years. My dream Star Wars book would just be like the the sequential scripts for Rogue One. Because I know everything goes through a bunch of different scripts and everything goes through a lot of changes, but we know for a fact that Rogue One changed dramatically as the movie was being made. That and then Solo. Like, I'm a little interested to see what Solo would have been before... uh... Gordon Miller? (sighs) Yeah. I mean... The fact that they got that fucking Academy Award for Spider-Verse like shows that they really could have done something great with Solo and they weren't allowed to or they didn't agree with Kennedy or someone or whatever rumors or whatever actually or happened. Or like that project like wasn't right for them. That's one of those things like that could go either way. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the Rogue One story development, I'm just fascinated by. But yeah. a fucking wedding. Whose wedding in Star Wars would you go to? I don't like, I don't want to go to anybody's wedding. Ugh, going to people's weddings sucks. Nobody likes going to weddings. Okay. Weddings are, Did yeah, you go I'd mine? go, and I'd tell you it was great, but weddings are just an obligation. So I couldn't put you Ugh. in my wedding? I can have you do something cool. <laughs> Look, I'll be in your wedding, I'll be in my friend's weddings, but just know that you're not, like, great, you're not doing somebody a favor by inviting them to be in your wedding. I'll, I'll make it really easy on all <laughs> of you. There we go. Well, like I won't, I won't expect you to like plan everything for like parties or any everything. Like I'll already have like a Google Doc sheet of like things that we can do, and then just pick a day, and then we'll do it with no stress. And then it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. help that I'm trying. Okay, I've been I've been bridesmaid twice, and I can't remember which was first. When I was my, bridesmaid for my cousin, super easy, totally chill great but i was also bridesmaid for a former friend and the reason she is a former friend is because of everything that happened at the wedding and she is no longer talks to any of her bridesmaids okay these stories really interest me like the we're not friends anymore because of the wedding am i allowed to ask you what happened or is this just completely Um, off the it was 
Oh, man. I'm trying to think. There, look, there's some stuff that I won't talk about because there's, like, mental health stuff going on as well. But... Oh, okay, yeah. We, up until the wedding happened, we weren't sure if the wedding was going to happen. By which I mean, like, the three bridesmaids. Okay. Like, it seemed like the bride did not actually want to get married. That's a interesting position for all of you to yeah. be in. And it was just like total like shit show, disorganized, off. It was bad. Are they still married? Possibly. I don't know if I would like. I don't wow. know if I would hear if they got divorced. Oh, wow! You don't even like care to check or anything. That must have been really bad. It was really bad. Uh, they, uh, there was like, the, and then like there was fallout. Like, it was, it was, it was a mess. And it was all the bridesmaids too that were like, "Nope, I'm out. I'm done." Pretty much, yeah. Are you still friends with some of the other bridesmaids? I'm. A, yeah, there are only two other bridesmaids. Um. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like ooh, one I work with because it was a like it was a coworker's wedding. Oh, so did you still work with the person? No, she quit like before. Like that was like. Her wedding was like a year after she left the firm. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the other and the other girl also used to work there and doesn't anymore. I'm sort of like, we don't talk a lot, but we're still like chat on Facebook occasionally. That's nice. You all bond over the miserable experience. You know, at least you had each other. That was every conversation we had for like six months. Like, especially because we all worked together at the time, like, and the bride wasn't working with us. So, like, we would just walk into each other's offices being like, what the fuck? I know. It's funny. The um, bridal shower or bridal party I'm going to, well, there's only three of us. There's me, her sister-in-law, who's the maid of honor, and then her sister. So, thank God we all know each other. I just haven't seen her sister-in-law in, like, a couple of years. And it's funny because their theme for the bachelorette party is Spencer's Meets Pottery Barn. <laughs> what does that mean? Very white people. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> I know she was texting us because we're in a group text and she says, I bought some penis straws on Amazon. Also a sign that says same penis forever. <laughs> I feel like that's just like the whitest shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And the fact that I have to, oh wait, what'd she say? Or a little bit of both, a little penis Easter eggs hidden throughout. <laughs> what? Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never done this before, so it's going to be interesting. Thank God I... I know her sister well, so I can just text her and be like, oh, what are we doing, fam? But thank God, because we're staying at Airbnb at downtown San Diego. So somewhere I know. That's good. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun transitioning from doing that two weekends from now and then going straight to celebration afterwards. Yeah, that's busy. (laughs) I know. At least it'll go by fast. Like, I'll blink my eyes and then I'll be in the celebration zone with everyone. Yay. Yeah, well, 
Rogue One ending with a wedding. What a treat. <laughs> oh, man. But also, speaking of weddings, have you ever had actual good food at a wedding? Um, no. Like, I've had okay food at a wedding. But I've never had, like, really impressive food at a wedding, I don't think. I remember um, I went to a wedding of a girl that I used to be in Girl Scouts with. And her food was so bad that Rusty afterwards was like, hey, I'm going to El Poncho's, which is our local uh, Mexican food restaurant. He's like, you're coming with me. I know you're still hungry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that would be something whenever I get married, like 100 years from now, I would want to make sure that I have good food at my wedding because that's one thing I don't want to mess around with that. I don't want to waste people's time. I want to give them what they want. Two words open bar oh yeah absolutely because i've been to some dry weddings oh I've they been to, suck I've, I've been to some beautiful mormon weddings where they probably aren't even still allowed to kiss each other no that's awful but yeah i've been to some of those i've been to some of just no alcohol weddings but i remember i went to a wedding when i was 18 it was an open bar and they didn't ask for my ID and I got a beer and it felt so cool <laughs> sitting, si- sitting there drinking that. I think it was like a woodpecker. So it was like a woodpecker cider. I remember that. And just sitting there all like, and then I got a glass of wine and then the bride walks up to me and she's like, how did you get this? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> she was so funny. Uh, oh, weddings. Uh, <sighs> okay. But yes, I watched the resistance finale. Yes, I really liked it. Yeah, it I'm good. really excited for season two. Me too. I feel like the greatest thing that they've added to the show was the conflict with Tam. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad it didn't get resolved at the end of this season. I'm glad that's open for next season. I'm so interested that Kaz just hasn't let it go yet because you would think that knowing Kaz throughout this whole season, he would just be like, whatever. Like, she chose what she wanted to do. Like, he's still, he's actually hurt by this. He and everyone else, like, really wanted to save Tam, but she chose to be with the First Order. And I can't wait to see how that's going to affect her. Yeah. The only thing I don't understand is why, and I realize this is a lot of information to drop on somebody, why not at least attempt to tell her that they just destroyed a system? Because mm-hmm. all they tell her is like, oh no, the First Order is bad, the First Order bad. Be like, hey, they just destroyed my home planet. Yeah, but maybe she wouldn't have believed him because you of all... Try, though, if you're If you're desperate to convince somebody that the First Order is evil, you can't go with the First Order. I think the first thing you start with is, hey, they just destroyed planets. Yeah. Like that, I don't know, like that part, I'm like, it's a little bit weird. Maybe they're just in so much shock while Kaz is still recovering from that. I don't think he ever will. No, 
I don't imagine that that's something you recover from. Yeah. I wonder how, if this happened to Ezra, if Lethal just got destroyed, like how that would have affected him. Because I feel like the whole thing with Rebels was just him trying to save Lethal, which I personally got tired of. But I know that a lot of people really connected with that and connected with the whole like family thing. Like, you know, Sal and his family, they all still dress up as Rebels characters, which is beautiful. I love that. So I think about that. I, th- I compare Ezra and, K- and Kaz. I don't think that they're similar in any way, but, you know, I compare watching Rebels and watching Resistance and I definitely think that Resistance is more enjoyable, even though in Rebels, I was really enjoying when Vader would come. But I feel like that's really easy to add to a, a series like that. Be like, oh, let's just bring like a actual like movie character to it. And of course, like that made it good. But, you know, in this, you add Poe, you add Captain Phasma. And I still view the show the same. Like, I don't think it'd be better or worse if they decided to have Poe in it every episode. Like, the show just holds it on its own. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, and I I really like that <clears throat> in in this last episode, it was just it was just these characters. It was just these original characters. Um I I I do like as much as I enjoy seeing Poe, I'm glad it wasn't like Poe coming into the rescue. I mean, obviously at this point he can't, like in terms of the timeline. But I I like that. And I like that we've gotten like their own bad guys with like Pyre and, and Von Rigg and now this chick. So I I think they've done a good job of not relying too heavily on it, but just being like, hey, here's Poe for an episode and he'll be back. But it's not about Poe. Yeah. And I think the setup for next season could be really interesting. They did a really smart thing here, which is when the like the Colossus hyper jumps away and they end up, we don't know where yet. They don't know where yet. And that's really smart in terms of okay, how do we keep these characters away from the established movie continuity where they can't be? Yeah. I, did you think it was funny when uh, Niku set the coordinates and he didn't know where he was going? I love it. <laughs> Me too. I mean, because they have to jump away. But the idea that they could be, you know, anywhere... And that gives you this story of, well, now they have to get back home. And that's why we don't see, you know, the Colossus flying around in either of these two movies is is smart. Because you gotta you gotta have like a real reason. If you're when you're doing continuities this close together and now they're actually overlapping, like one of my worries when we found out when resistance was set was all the excuses they were going to have to make to write around these, like to write around the actions of those movies. And I think they've done a smart job so far, but I think this is a good move as in they're just going to be, hopefully at least, at least the way it seems they're going to be out on their own. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad that the Colossus is a ship because I was kind of tired of that atmosphere. Like, I want something new. Yeah. And something different. Not that I felt like, I don't know, I was just kind of bored with the whole like Colossus thing. Like, I feel like they can do like all the stuff with their ships and flying like elsewhere rather than the Colossus. I don't know. I just, I, I just wasn't a big fan of that. How did you feel about the whole area that they were um, in? You know what? It was a little bit, it's a little bit claustrophobic to only be there. And yeah. you can only go, you can only sort of do off-world adventures with like two of your characters at a time. You know, like you'd see Poe and Kaz go off, but then, you know, like I want to see like everybody together in somewhere new. Yeah. And especially maybe somewhere very new, like maybe like outer reaches of the system. God only knows where new. I don't know, though. I'm really glad that you liked the season finale. I did, too. Yeah, especially when I consider where I was sort of at the beginning of this series. Like, I mm-hmm. think, I think, you know, if maybe if you're somebody who watched the first call episodes of Resistance and it wasn't for you, the, this the second half of this season is really strong. I agree. I like the second part of the season way more than the first. You know, we got to know the characters more. Kaz was maturing a little bit or becoming less uh, comedic relief yeah what do you think the second season will bring um you know right now sort of who knows um i think it depends whether in my gut feeling is they're lost and they're going to be lost for maybe like the first half of the season or something like that i'd like to be i'd like it to be really weird I'd like that, like at least the first couple episodes to be no resistance, no first order. We don't know where we are. We don't know like what any of these systems or planets around us are. Because the universe is so big that I'd like to see that explored a little bit. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to get to know some more of the characters, like Hypheazon, the other pilots. I love Tora. I can't stop talking about how much I love Tora. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I like how her and Kaz are, you know, like a team. Yeah. I I, I liked that. I really liked that friendship. Me too. And I loved all of them working together, like Niku... And Kaz and Tam, not Tam, Tam is with the First Order, and Tora. And I'm excited to see where Tam goes. I want to see what she does. I want to see how she's now ranked in the First Order. Yeah. Oh, and I liked, yeah. I liked, um, I, I'm glad we were right about the pirates coming to the rescue. Yeah, me too. I, I knew Sonora. they would. Me too. I want more Sonara in season two. Yes. Also, one thing I found interesting is I remember looking at the cast for Resistance for season one, and I remember Adam Driver was in it. So, like, the whole season, I was curious to when Kylo Ren would show up, and he didn't. And I was totally okay with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was smart to just do the um the Hawks uh speech. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Well, hopefully we'll get some uh a trailer or something at celebration from Dave Filoni who will be showing a lot of things at celebration or whoever else is the head person for resistance. Yeah. But I think it's Dave. Props to Dave. Like I know that he's probably not working on this so much, but and he's an executive producer for this. Yeah. But yeah, bring on season two. Yeah. We're ready. Okay. We got some emails, but we're only going to do some of them because we've been going for like an hour. So. It's already been yeah. an hour. Time flies when you're having yeah. fun. Do you want to do the yeah, voicemail so too? We're going to do voicemail and we'll do Catherine's because that's about celebration and then um, Andy and Jim we'll get to your emails next week thank you for sending them I'm just thinking about time so we're going to start with a voicemail and I apologize I can't I can't sing a voicemail song right now I still have a cough and I don't know if you've ever tried to sing when you have a cold especially like a chest cold it does not work I'll do it okay Okay. Voicemail. This is the voicemail song. Emily does it better because it's a voicemail song. We got a voicemail from Roll From Boy. Voicemail song. Voicemail song. Ah! That made me laugh and then I dropped my phone. (laughs) That made Emily just leave the podcast. That was very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Okay. Now it's <laughs> voicemail from Roll Farm Boy. Oh, you know, yeah, I would cry. I would cry. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah. Hit the pause here. So. How do Miss Emily, Miss Brittany? It's a Sunday morning, and Yins are going to be getting ready to do a show. And I'm just in that Twitterverse, bouncing some DMs back and forth with Miss Brittany. And she was saying about asking you random questions. So I thought, all right, what can I come up with? It's a random question. Um, well, all right, let's try this. This will be, maybe that folks knows me a little better, knows aside from me and being uh, one fella, spends his days listening to Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I do. Each and every day, including Sunday. Did doing talking and geeky bubble pod this morning for breakfast. But aside from that, a weird side for me, and that would be on me, is I got a love of history to a point where I sort of kind of live it. Like my entire place looks like 1932 and even everything <laughs> I wear. So there's my weird question from a weirdo. <laughs> Do. If you got a period of history that you liked a lot, that maybe you would want to live 
as we're in, what would, what would that be for each of you? And I'll look forward to your answer on this week's show. So till then, Miss Emily, Miss Brittany, may the force be with you. See you in that Twitterverse. And I'll see you on the radio. Whenever he calls me Miss Emily, and I realize it's like a Southern thing, I it makes me feel like I'm a kindergarten teacher. I think it's precious. I love it. All right, Emily, where would you live? Okay, here's the thing. Realistically, as a woman, like, and like, I mean, like, probably nowhere else. But... There are there are definitely a couple periods of time which I'm fascinated by. Um, I I've always been really into the Roman Empire. Uh, starting like right before Julius Caesar, and then that path of dictators I think are super just interesting, and they're like almost these like soap opera levels of drama and betrayal and violence and intrigue and you get super like crazy weird shit like Nero and 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 lots of fun murder attempts and and I'm like fascinated by it again wouldn't want to live there bad time to live you know really dirty smells really bad again wouldn't want to be a woman back then not have a lot of freedom but i think it's interesting i've also always been really into the um like the greco-roman mythology and i'd love to see what everyday religion looks like in ancient rome because on a day-to-day basis like when you have a a belief system that is based on like these really not only just a large number of gods, but that have a much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're more human. Like they're all like greedy and horny and infighting and all that stuff, as opposed to like the Judeo Christian infallible God thing. And that's why I always like reading, reading books on, on, on Rome and, and Greece. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I took I took a couple of courses in in college on on the ancient world and we did just like a like a one week segment on on magic in ancient Rome and I was fascinated by it to the point where I went to the professor and being like, "Tell me what books I can read about this." And there is a book it's called the Greco-Roman magical papyri and translation. And basically all it is is different like scraps of writing that they found, you know, of like etched tablets and and you know like whatever they could find preserved of different like religious ceremonies and spells and talks about how to summon gods and demons and shit. And it's also like, get white dung from a bowl and wrap it in your head and then you'll get rid of a headache. (laughs) 
or to cure your horse from indigestion, show it a duck. That one stuck in my head. To cure indigestion and show a duck? In your horse. It was some kind of malady for a horse, I believe. It might have been a cow. I think it was a horse. Show it a duck. You know, because so much of this is just fragments, because you know it's like that—that's what we have, is little bits of things. But that one, yeah, that one stuck out to me. That one I've remembered for fifteen years. Hmm. How about you? Well, my answer is not as educated as yours because Emily is a PhD. Or has a PhD compared to me, brain-wise. But, I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head was the 1950s. Mostly because I would have loved to go to the opening of Disneyland. (laughs) That's so on brand. I love it. (laughs) Like, I, I think about that all the time. Like, I really love going back and watching, um documentaries about it and about how they thought it would be a failure like I would have loved to determine that for myself whether or not Disneyland was a failure I also would love to grow up when music was at its best you know with the Beatles and you know the Beach Boys like I fucking love the Beach Boys like if I was able to see the Beach Boys when they were still like young that would be amazing because my mom and my sister just saw Ringo Starr the other night and I was, yeah, I couldn't go because I had to work, but I'm also seeing Paul McCartney in June. So to be able to grow up with that kind of music, like coming out like new, I'm fucking here. And plus like the fashion too, like fashion was growing in the 50s and the 60s. Now I would love to see what I would be wearing, what I would be doing. Oh, obviously this was a bad time for everything else too. But still, like I, I'm always interested in that in the fashion in the pop culture aspects too. Yeah. Yeah. That's my answer, but also Disney, but also, you know, being able to, you know, be an adult going to the other Disney parks because the other Disney parks opened in the sixties. And I would have loved to go to that, like the opening of like Disney world and all the other parks there, like being able to see some of the stuff that was only there for like a couple of years, like being able to go on the people mover at Disneyland. That would be amazing because the people mover had to get removed because so many people kept jumping off the people mover. And now they just, they keep the rails there and they have no people mover at Disneyland. And it makes me so sad because I love the people mover at Walt Disney world, but I would, Anyone that listens to our podcast, I would I would love if if you told me if you went on the people mover at Disneyland. I think my dad did. I think my dad once told me a story about how he almost got kicked out of grad night because he was jumping from the car to car, but <laughs> I don't know. That's probably why they got rid of it. Yeah, they did. Because I remember there was a really sad story about um, a newly married couple who had done that and they both are either the husband died or the wife died I don't know injuries at Disneyland is something very interesting because Disney claims that no one has ever died on the property but 
a lot of cases have proved that people have in fact died on the property from, you know, ride malfunctions to, you know, they they have lawsuits where it's closed amount of money. Um, they try to claim that they had like heart problems or something problems before. Mm-hmm. It's very inter- it's very interesting. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's very heartbreaking, but you know, the legal side of it is very Yeah, I think yeah, I think so that is well, they weren't declared dead until they were off the property. So technically, they didn't die here. They just exactly. they just sustained, you know, life-ending injuries here and died a couple hours later. Yeah, like that Thunder Mountain controversy that happened. I think it was like 2003 when a couple people were heavily injured and one person died due to amputations and other things caused from, you know, the coaster. So... I don't know. I'd be really interested if there is a documentary about that. Or if there is, like, let me know. Because, I don't know, that kind of stuff, like, really interests me. But, yeah, that's my answer. Hopefully it it sounded okay. I know it wasn't as great and superb as Emily's. But I I knew that as she started, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to come up with something good. But I hope you enjoyed that role, farm boy. And uh, he was messaging me about the buttons and he wants some buttons, so he gave me his address and everything. So okay. we will be sending you buttons. Yeah, I'll keep some aside. Yes. Thank you for always emailing us and being so kind in the Star Wars community. He is such a positive, fun, interesting human being. Yes. I'm glad that he listens and that he participates. I'm glad that he participates in a lot of other Star Wars podcasts too. Like not only us, but you know, a lot of podcasts that, you know, I've never heard of before that, you know, he's, he retweets their stuff and everything. And it's very interesting. I love learning more about other podcasts and this community and getting to know more people. So I applaud him for bringing everyone together. Okay. So let's get to Catherine's email. Speaking of people who I like quite a bit. And Catherine says, Hello, Canto Biters. You've probably talked a little bit about Behedal's announced a celebration. My question is, which one should I go to to get more casting info? It's the number one priority. Also, which chocolate would you like me to bring from Australia? I'm guessing Tim Tams, Caramello, Koalas, and Freddo Frogs. See you really soon in Chicago, Catherine. Oh, I love her. Okay. I was looking at the panel thing. Um... Alan Tudyk is doing a panel. Oh, really? Yes. Now, he might not be able to talk about Cassian. If he's even in it. But that's the only one that jumped out at me is like the best possibility. Hmm. Okay. I'm I'm looking at the panel list right now. What day is Alan Tug doing his? Uh, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, a conversation with Alan Tudyk is on Sunday, uh, one thirty to two thirty p.m. So I think that would be the best. Yeah, like maybe, like I feel like because it's you know it doesn't have its own panel. There's no Disney Plus panel. There's no live action 
future panel. So it's sort of going to be a crapshoot. Like maybe it'll get a mention at Mandalorian. Maybe. But I feel like it'd probably be in an offhand sort of, you know, like, oh, this is going to be the first live action Star Wars show and here's what's going on this. But, oh, remember, you know, we're also working on this other thing. Yeah, I see that Marvel Comics is doing a panel too. Maybe they have some um, some Cassian info, step into the Star Wars stories, ILM slash lab. They might, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just still too early on that. Like we haven't we haven't heard anything about that really since it was announced that they were doing it. Yeah, but I hope you get some Cassian Andor info at Celebration. Is he coming? I haven't. I didn't see him announced. Maybe he'll be a surprise guest. I wonder why Adam Driver is not going to do autographs or anything. Got better things to do, and he doesn't need the money. I guess. Hopefully, he'll be at the panel. I like him. Yeah, I'd I'd expect him to be at the panel. He wasn't at the episode eight panel, but I understood why. Actually, let me check. When is because when is that? Sh- when is the play he's doing running until? Because he's on Broadway right now with Carrie Russell. Yeah, I saw one of the Sky Talkers girls. Uh, saw him in New York. Um, yeah, I mean that plays until through July. And um, well, wait, what day is the last Jedi? Pa- I mean, what day is the episode nine panel? Friday. I believe it's Friday the twelfth. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, my guess would be he's not going to be there. I mean, <clears throat> generally speaking, Friday night performances are not ones that your star misses. Like that's like you get understudies like on matinees and shit, but I I or, you know somebody is deathly ill, but I I would say there's a most likely he's not going to be there. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't really been involved really with like the not as involved as like Daisy and John and and Oscar. But I understand why. You know, he's a busy guy and he he doesn't really like uh he's shy. He's a shy guy. But but it's fun seeing John. John's adorable. Oh, I fucking love that guy. Oh, chocolate. Yes. Catherine. Okay, what are these chocolates? Okay, Tim Tams are the you can get Tim Tams here, but they're not as good. They're the chocolate covered cookies. They're delicious. Ooh. They come in different flavors. Uh-huh. Catherine, if you're going to bring Tim Tams, please bring some of the flavors we don't have. Because the only flavor we have, you can get the mint ones here. You can get the double chocolate ones here. You can get caramel ones here. So if there's any special flavors, because I know they do like seasonal releases, sort of like we do with Oreos, bring some of that shit. Uh, Caramel koalas are exactly what they sound like. So they're like chocolate caramel koalas? They're little, they're, they're, yeah. 
They're little caramel-filled koalas. Okay, and what about the Fredo frogs? Fredo frog is a little chocolate frog. Ooh, how is the chocolate in Australia? Really? So much better than our chocolate. Really? Yeah. Thank you for bringing us chocolate. I mean, I, I already told um, Catherine, but I, I ordered the barbecue sauce that was featured on Queer Eye by um, Jones Barbecue. So I will have my fancy barbecue sauce. So if anyone wants some fancy barbecue sauce, <laughs> hit <Just> me up. <laughs> come and get with a spoon. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll have some, I don't know, like, meat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Australian candy that I really like. Let's see. Catherine's not in South Australia, so I can't ask her for fruit chocks. Um, all right. There's this. No, okay. I know it's a New Zealand brand, but they sell it in Australia. Um, one of my New Zealand friends sent it to me, and that's Whitaker's. And Catherine, I don't know if they still make this one, but if they do, bring some and I, okay, I'll totally reimburse you for it, obviously. They did a white chocolate lemon with popping candy in it. Popping candy. Like Pop Rocks. Oh, I, I know that, but I just was interested in the concept. And it was one of the best goddamn candies I've ever had, and you can't get it over here. Again, I don't know if they still make that one. But, I mean, all the Whitaker stuff I had was really good. But that particular one was amazing. And I'm almost mad that I had it because I can't have it again. <laughs> Interesting. But also, Catherine, let us know if you want us to bring you anything. Like, if there is any California treats that... I don't know if there's any anything from California that's like, yeah, that's such a California treat. Or something from New York. Like, something... I don't know. That's Unfortunately, not treat. the thing is that they're not things that like travel well because you don't want a day-old bagel. Do they have Girl Scout cookies in Australia or is that just an American thing? That's probably I a stupid have, question. I have no idea. I don't know. Catherine, let us know if you want us to bring you anything because I would love to bring some people something. I would love yeah. to. Yeah. Because I know Australia has girl guides, but I don't know if they sell cookies. Yeah. Oh no, but yeah. Let us know. Thank, thank you so much about chocolates. That is very kind of you. Yes, I love our friends. They're very good. Yes. Awesome. Well, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast? On social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at CantobitePod. You can find t-shirts, tpublic.com slash user slash EFLind. You can send us emails and you can also send us uh, voice messages, uh, CantobitePod at gmail.com. And where are you, Brittany? I am on Twitter as CantoBrit and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful week and happy spring for those of us who are in whatever hemisphere. If you are in the other hemisphere, happy winter. Am I right? <laughs> 
whatever see you later guys <laughs> bye bye uh ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style uh check it out listen up y'all cause this is it fuck all the rest be a ghetto bitch Brittany the Jinj and Emily Lynn bet on these two to show place and win these are the girls you've been looking for unique takes on Star Wars and more listen every week for laughs and fun take it from me ghetto bitch number one